Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. So we're going to start things out here with a special guest uh, you've, if you've been listening for a little while, you've heard him before. His name's Steve, and he hosts his own podcast called The School of Dating. Schoolofdating.com is his website. Steve, are you with us? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Steve, good to, good to have you back here on Free Talk Live. Uh, you know, when we first you ha- first had you on, I thought that uh, you know it was a co- it was an interesting conversation and and one that we don't tend to get into very often on this show, even though it's an open phone show. Uh, we don't get people calling in with personal issues as much as maybe we we might like to. It's probably uh, because we're really bad at talking about it. <laughs> that that may be uh, that may very well be it. And I you know I I can't really recall what the last one was that we had that we could maybe ask Steve what he uh, what he thinks about it. But uh, you 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 take care of schoolofdating dot com. Give our listeners a uh, summary of what goes on over there. Well, basically, it is a site for men 18 years and older who have not really been trained to really be a man. For guys who, uh, you know, may have mom and, or may have dad living at the house or may not have dad there. You know, dad is the one sleeping on the couch or dad is the one who always gets in trouble. So dad really can't really teach these young men what it means to be a man and how to handle yourself, not only as uh, uh, individual as in taking care of your schooling and things like that, but also with relationships, uh, I, we don't believe in bad relationships. There's no such thing as arguing and bickering and fighting, and that's something that men have forgotten about. I mean, this is, like I've said before, this goes back. So what we do at School of Dating is we teach guys. We, it's like at school. Uh, we teach guys how to be men, how to be great lovers, how to be great dates, and how to be great husbands and fathers and boyfriends. All right, so what are you charging for this podcast, Steve? It's absolutely free. That's the thing about it. It's absolutely free. Now, do you have success stories? I mean, are there people who come, who've come back to you and said, yeah, Steve, I tried your techniques, it, uh, it worked. I mean, do you have those? Oh, yeah, we have those all the time. Matter of fact, if y'all will allow me, I'll give you a quick technique for all guys out there who have trouble picking up women. A quick one. Okay. All right. Well, think about this for a second. If uh, what happens when you want, okay, we always talk about power real quick. And think about power, you either maintain it, give it away, or you take it away from somebody. That's the main thing about power. And I always tell guys, when you meet a woman for the first time, never ask for her phone number. Never, ever do it. Does that sound crazy, guys? It it does. It seems like how are you going to contact this person if you uh, don't have their telephone number? (laughs) I'm glad you said that because that's what everybody says when they, we talk about this. See, what happens is there's a lot of females that I deal with because I'm, I'm the jerk. I'm the a-hole. They get mad at me. So they try to make me jealous by giving their phone numbers out to guys we, we call beta males or prey. And those guys are always calling women several times. We're calling her, calling her, calling her, calling her. Sometimes she answers. Sometimes she gives them the wrong number. You know, it's a lot of things out there that they do. They even have a thing called the rejection hotline that women give these numbers out to guys who are afraid to say no. So what I tell guys, we, we want to make things easy for the guys. It's this simple, guys. The 
if a woman likes you, what is she going to do if you give her your number? She's going to call you, I guess? Exactly. It's that easy. And think about these numbers. I'm about to break the numbers down to you. I tell my guys to talk to five women a day. Get your business cards, talk to five women a day, and hand them those business cards out. If you, if you talk to five a day, that is 35 a week, 140 a month. And if you get just 10 of those women calling you back, that's 120 a year. The numbers speak for itself. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah. That's an interesting approach. Uh, so that way you're not, by, by not asking for a number, you aren't essentially showing that you're desperate. I just got a little confused here, though. So if I print up business cards and I give them the business card and they, they call, um, you know, one, what was it, a tenth of them or whatever calls me back, then um, aren't I giving them my number? No, no, no. No, see, here's, here's, no, no you, see, the thing is you give them your number. You give them your number. You don't take their number. Okay. The difference is asking number, for their you. number versus giving them your number. I got right? it. Right, and if, if the woman says, you know what, I don't want your number, here's my number, what I tell the guys to do is take her number, text her your number, and say, call me, and throw her number away and wait for her to call you. Never run behind a woman because you have to act like you've been there before. Think about guys who have value. See, think about this. If you had five women already in your harem and you met a woman, would you really care if she didn't take your number? Would you care if uh, she didn't want to have anything to do with you? I might call her once, but I don't think I'd uh, spend a heck of a lot of time. Yeah, but what happens if you call and you get her answer machine? You know, I've I've left messages and had luck before, but I understand what you're saying. I I, I understand the technique. I'm just you. You asked me what I would do, and I might call. Oh yeah, once. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, well, I wouldn't recommend calling because again, I want guys to realize that they have value. See, guys have forgotten that they have value. You have just as much value as that woman over there. And for some reason, through the times of you know. Uh, with it veils and all these jewelry places and show love and you know all these things that are catered to women guys forgot that you know what we were men at one time and we did things different so don't you think that uh, uh as far as as far as doing things differently uh, hmm you know and I, I knew where i was going with that but i well, spaced out. one of the claims on the website is that you can you can teach guys how it is that uh, women think and i would love to yes. know this information Okay, what would you like to know? Okay, see, the thing about women, okay, let me explain the thing about uh, The thing about women is they, we have what we call a sex scale, a scale. Most women are, if they show a little bit of interest in you, if they're saying to themselves, you know what, I could see myself with this guy on a different, you know, in the bedroom, maybe. It's a maybe. But usually what women like to do is they like to sit back and allow us guys to talk ourselves out of the bedroom instead of in the bedroom. See, women are very easy to figure out. It's just that what they need, and the password is always, is always, is man. And to prove that, and I did this myself, I went out there on the street, and we have this on our site. We call it the E-Zone. I went out there, and I spoke to a lot of women, and I asked them, what do you want from a guy? And they said, I just want to be a man. I just want someone who's going to take charge and be a leader. That's what I want. It's the same thing I've been preaching, but I said, you know what? Let the women say it. And what do they say about the nice guys? I will take, I'll, let, I'll take his dinner. I'll take his presents. I'll take, his, I'll take everything he has to offer, but he's not getting me. Wow. Now, I wonder if our lady listeners uh, have anything they want to add or uh, comment on this. The number is 800-259-9231. Let's define terms here. What is the what is the nice guy? Because I think a lot of people would like to consider themselves to be a nice guy. Okay. But, um, oh, wait, you know what? Okay. 
the night you absolutely let me tell you what the nice guy is. See, nice a nice guy. We're all nice guys. The guys on our site are nice guys. It's just that we stand by laws, rules, and codes. That's what makes us the jerk and the a hole because women test men all the time to see how far they can go. And a lot of women will sit around and say, uh, I, the sky is blue or the sky is green, and the guy is so caught up in the woman, he'll, he'll surpass everything he believes in just to please her. See, I, see, the thing is, I'm nice to you. I'll open the door for you. Hey, I'll, I'll even say hi. But if I open the door for you, at least have enough kind, uh, decency to say thank you. You know, it, it's not a privilege for me to open the door for you. Something I want to do because I'm a nice person. I'll say hello to you. I'll speak to you. Uh, the guys on our site are nice guys. But the difference is when, when something happens where a woman tests us, like, for instance, if she's yelling at us or being mean to us, most nice guys would then buckle down and, and apologize for probably whatever happened. I'm sorry for being a man. But what I'm saying is is that if, if I got an argument, I, I treat people the way I want to be treated. I'm going to treat you nice. There's no reason that you need to yell at me. There's no reason you need to scream at me. You can talk to me like a regular human being, and we have a regular conversation. See, we don't put, we have, it's called low tolerance. Steve, get, do you have time to stick around for uh, for another segment? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. I want to hang. I'm gonna put you on hold. We're gonna come back more with uh, Steve from SchoolofDating.com. He's with us here. You've got a question about relationships. This is a guy who's got an interesting perspective. 800-259-9231. We'll get you on with Steve. That's one 800 Two five nine ninety two thirty one. They've been actually, doing this for more than a decade now. I mean, yeah, I actually, experience. I actually want to ask Steve about Pork Fest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is coming up. It's going to be an interesting uh, spectacle because it's going to be a whole lot of men and not as many women. So we'll talk about that uh, coming up. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We've got our lady listeners who've sent in their validated photos and videos to show they are indeed listeners of this show. You can see that and become a Shriner at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're like I used to be, just dragging through the day, feeling all tired and run down. Let me tell you about two capsules a day of New Zealand's Nature Bee has done for me. I had a digestive issue that I had for years, several years. And within, I would say, two or three weeks of starting Nature Bee, it was pretty much cleared up. I, I, I feel normal again. Now, here's Mike Buck to tell you how to get the 2010 health fix right now. Friday, guys, you know, you are 100% right. It is the health fix. Improving your lifestyle on Free Talk Live or anywhere else in the country begins with good nutrition. It really is the key. Problem is, we're going so fast these days, we're not, we're, ne- we're not eating right. We neglect our body's needs, and that's why supplementing your daily diet with Nature B from New Zealand makes perfect sense. Well, we already know that so many people already feel better from taking Nature B, but maybe there are people who have questions about what's in it and what's so special about it. You know what? If you're going to put yourself 
something in your body, you better know what's in it. Here's what's in it. Pure plant pollen, 100% natural. It's all organic. It's vegetable food collected high in the southern Alps of clean green New Zealand by the world-famous undiseased honeybees. Got all your vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. It's amazing. You get more energy, improved concentration, big old boost to the immune system, help you ward off those springtime bugs. How about feeling great every day instead of wondering if you ought to drop by the clinic on the way to work? Well, it certainly makes good sense. And we know that Nature Bee, what it does for for you and what it does for me. Well, so what's the bottom line? How do folks uh, join the Nature Bee Health Parade? Yeah, let's get everybody involved. It is risk-free, so you, you have the money-back guarantee if you're not 100% satisfied. Six-month supply of the bee, $99 plus delivery, $99.95 plus delivery. Don't forget that silly little 95 for Uncle Sam. And... Three more months are for free. So that's the deal, and it comes right to your house. All you got to do is make the toll-free call, 1-866-834-8355. That's 1-866-834-8355, or online, you got it, NatureBee, that's NatureBee.com. Just like me, feel alive again with NatureBee. Call toll-free at 866-834-8355. Come on, write it down now, 866-834-8355, or go to NatureBee.com. All right, we go back to our special guest. We're starting things up. By the way, Luther is joining us in the studio. Good Howdy, y'all. Uh, he's here with us for the remainder of the show, and Steve is with us also on the phone lines from schoolofdating.com. Uh, we're talking with Steve just about uh, men and women, and uh, Steve, you're talking about how at School of Dating, you teach men how to be men. And where did we do we leave off on a on a specific topic? You were going to ask specifically about uh, pork fest. Well, I know that. I didn't know if we we left left off on anything else. I, I don't think there's anything well, else to clear up besides that. Steve, you got well, something to add? I just, I, yeah, I wanted to say one thing. Uh, that, and I'm sure a lot of women who are listening are probably saying, "Well, what gives him the credentials to be able to teach guys how to pick up women?" Well, the thing is, is that I used to be uh, an ex gigolo. I used to be do I do I used to do all those dirty nasty things to women. Uh, for a long time, my first relationship again was with a 24-year-old stripper that was bisexual when I was at the age of 14. So she showed me, taught me what I need to know. So with that, and then I stopped and, and I found the more perfect woman. And I've been married for 10 years, never cheat on her. Wow. We've had five arguments in 10 years, and they've been all my fault because all my woman asks of me is to sleep in the bed at night. And my problem is I stay up till 3, 4 in the morning working, so sometimes I doze off. But other than that, we don't fight. And, and she's her own independent woman. I'm not... I don't have a thumb over, but that's what I'm saying. So, so you're not a you're this. not a womanizer. You're not out there uh, picking up women and throwing them away. You actually have a long term relationship with one. Yeah, I'm married. Yes, I've been for ten yeah. years. Yes, right. I've, yes. Yeah. ten years. Wow. Yes, sir. Congratulations on that. So oh, yeah. okay, oh, let's talk it, about pork fest. Let, let's talk about pork fest. We've got an audience here, uh, Steve. That well, certainly there are ladies out in our audience, and I'd love for it to have them call in and, and tell us what they think on this issue of, of relationships and dating, etc. At uh, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But honestly, uh, most of the people in I think our audience are probably male. Most people uh, listening to talk radio are male, right? And there's an event coming up at uh, here in New Hampshire called the Porcupine Freedom Festival where liberty-minded people from around the country are going to get together all in the same place. It's going to be at a campground, and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of partying and socializing and different events that uh, that go on. And it's going to be... 10 to 1, no. male, male to female. You don't no, think it's so? it's not going to be 10 to 1, but it's a fairly high ratio. 7 I would to say 1? at least 4 to 1. Oh, come on. At least. It, no, no, the, the ratio gets better single, year after year, Mark. Single male to single female, though? 
Well, singles. A lot of guys are going to bring their girlfriends. Uh, yeah, I don't know about how how many single women there will be, but as far as the ratio of men to women in general, uh, it's definitely far more men than women, and it the, the ratio has been improving over time. Last year's Porcupine Freedom Festival, there were more women at than there were the year before that. Would you agree with that, Mark? Yes. Yeah, okay. even the Liberty Forum as well. Yeah, lots of more, more women are showing up, but still, it's at least. Four to one, and as far as single men to single women, I don't know. Maybe you're right, Mark. Maybe it is eight to one, seven to one. I'm not sure. Uh, but you've got a situation like that, Steve, where people are uh, they're socializing, they're the, in the same place for an entire weekend. What what does a man do in that situation to stand out? Well, it's not uh, trying to stand out. It's just first off, you have to be sure of yourself. I always say. If something is a hundred on your list, and that's how basic it's opportunity, and and people think opportunity knocks, and I tell them no, opportunity doesn't knock, you knock, and if you want something bad enough, you're gonna beat the door down, you're gonna blow it up, you'll get a key smith, a locksmith, whatever. That's what we call passion. That's saying that you know what, I'm gonna go over here and try to talk to this woman, and the worst thing she can say, guys, get your crayons out, because when I say crayons, that means write this down. The worst three things she can say is no, mm-hmm. get out of my face, or I have somebody. That's it. And if you have that, just that alone, the, all you ought to do is say, you know what, I'm going to talk to her. Because if you don't, you're going to let it, go, you're gonna let it pass by. And then you'll, you know how it is, guys. We've all done this one time in my life. We didn't talk to that girl. And then we say to ourselves, man, I should have. Well, then it wasn't 100 on your list. So you, if you want to separate yourself from everybody else, Talk to every woman you want to sleep with. I'm sorry to say that, but if you can imagine, you, hey, I can see myself with this woman, talk to her. The worst thing she can say is no, get out of my face or I have a boyfriend. Now, the thing is, she may be surrounded by other men at that very same time who are also engaging in a similar uh, behavior. So, I mean, is there, are there any things you might suggest? Because there are a lot of uh, men that are looking to meet up or hook up with, uh, with, these, with the, the available women. And so, I mean, you may yeah. literally be encountering a situation where there are already three men talking to her at that very moment. Take some time, wait for her to be alone, approach them, and uh, I mean, what, what would you do in that situation? Well, those are groupies. Those are groupies. It's okay. You see, you have think about it. You're either a hunter or you're prey. Some, why hang around a woman and hope? You know, I call those the 2012s. Those are the guys that hope when the star, the moon, and the sun line up that she's going to see that, oh, he's the greatest person in the world. And, oh, we can have, no, it doesn't work that way in the real world. The real world is, look. Just because they're around her doesn't mean that she wants to be with them. And if she wants to be with them, she will give you signals of, you know, maybe rubbing his hand or rubbing his back or holding his hand. Some type of signal to show you that she's interested in one of those guys. So if if you see someone that you like that's around guys, go up to her, introduce yourself. Introduce yourself to the guys first because you have to be respectful of the guys. Then introduce yourself to her. Have your business card there. How you doing? My name is... Want to come back with more if you've got time. Steve, do you have time? Okay. All right, hang on. More with Steve from the School of Dating. Your calls are welcome for him at 800-259-9231. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 
1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site. They're free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, again, features including stuff like our listening options. We've got live streams, our webcam, listen lines. Uh, listen lines allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen around the clock, as well as our streams. Those are also available around the clock seven days a week. So go to listen.freetalklive.com and get tuned in. That's listen freetalklive.com. We go back to Steve, a special guest with us from schoolofdating.com. Uh, Steve, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark, and we're talking about uh, we're talking about various different things related to uh, relationships uh, between yeah. men and women. Uh, Mark, and did you have anything else? And how to be successful in dating. Now, I had um, Steve. I had a pers- personal experience that that sort of worked for me in life. Was I worked as a an advertising executive for most of my adult career, and that meant wearing a pair of press pants, a press shirt, and um, a tie pretty much every day, and just just that made it extraordinarily easy for me to to date. Women would would approach me um, just because I looked, I guess, successful to them. You know that you know at that age bracket, having a tie on to them meant success. So, what do you think about clothes and and appropriate circumstances, things like that? Well, when it, I think when it comes to clothes, I think you should wear what you feel comfortable in because there's a lot of guys that will what I call a mask. They'll put. They'll wear something, and it's totally not them. You know, if you have a guy that's in the art and poetry and stuff, and he just wears jeans and a shirt, and you put him in a suit, you know, you ever see how he's real uncomfortable because he's kind of uncomfortable in his clothes? You have to be comfortable in your clothes. It doesn't matter what you have on, but like you say, you're good. That's good having a suit. It's right. professional. So, it's so it's not what you it's not what you wear. It's how you wear it. Is what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I, I got a question for you, actually. Um, I, I got this friend, and uh, he's really nervous, really shy guy. Cannot... Oh, come on. You can talk about it yourself. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. That ain't me. Um, <laughs> no, uh, he, he just can't go up and carry – well, he can start a conversation with women. It just never goes anywhere. He doesn't seem to, to really understand uh, you know, that women kind of think differently. He, he expects there to be like a certain, certain steps, like things you can say that will get the woman mm-hmm. interested in you uh, – and I, I try to tell them that you just have to be more spontaneous. You have to be more entertaining. Uh, is there any any kind of advice I can give him to kind of make it easier yeah. for him? Oh, absolutely. Uh, is the, the thing? Oh, let me ask you guys. We we all do this, and if y'all if y'all say no, you're lying. Have you ever <laughs> seen someone on the street that you know he's like a loser, or like a nerdy type guy? You say, "Oh my God, look at that nerd over there." Sure. I mean, you don't even know the guy, but you you see him. Well, yeah. we've all done that, right? Well. Yeah. That's I work with one. Women, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But that's what women do with us. They can spot nerdy, insecure from a mile away. They, are, they can sniff that out. That's but, the so, difference between... I'm sorry. But you've got a guy who, at the very least, I mean, Luther, from your description, he's gotten over the issue of approaching the women. He, he has the ability to yeah, make the but, approach. But what he's saying is, uh, well, they pick up on body signals from them, and they definitely pick it up on him. You can tell mm-hmm. he's nervous when he goes up to talk to them. Like, mm-hmm. I, I watch him from afar usually, and I can tell that they are just so uninterested in him. And I feel so bad. How long is he talking to him for? What's that? How long is he talking to him for? A minute. Okay, what is he saying? Um, uh, I don't know. He actually, I never really asked him. Well, you're, I mean, you you're, yeah, you're, not, you're not standing there, so you don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't follow him yeah. over there and uh, stand over his shoulder. But I mean, what, what, what would you say as far as getting his, 
Steve, what what would you say as far as getting his nervousness to uh, to dissipate? Is it just something where he should uh, continue doing it uh, to get used to it, or is, is there something specific that you can? Well, it, well, it, it's first off, it's all about practice. But are y'all doing this in a club or a bar? Uh, well, he'll do it pretty much anywhere. But okay, okay. What, what, where okay. are the best places? <laughs> well, well. I'm telling guys right now, stay out of the clubs and bars because that's that's the hunting ground for alpha males. That's where the big boys play, and and uh, it's like ten uh, percent of the guys are there to pick up and get the women. The ninety uh, percent are paying for the drink. So if you don't have game, stay out of the club. I would say you can go anywhere, but I always tell guys you have to be a jack of all trades. It's, I, I I think women are like music. You know, you have your classical, your country, your hip hop, your rap, your R and B. So you can't say the same things to every kind of woman because you have to figure out what kind of woman you're dealing with. So these guys are playing checkers. I try to teach them how to play chess and think five moves ahead of the opponent, so to speak. Good deal. Does that make any sense? Oh, sure. Yeah. Now, how long do you think somebody can listen to School of Dating at schoolofdating.com? How long do you think they'd listen to it? And uh, I mean, how quickly can they start using the techniques? They can, like, again, like, like I said today, like I said earlier today, they can start using the techniques now. I mean, they can start talking to women. See, the thing is, we as men forgot how to talk to women. We're so busy on the computer and, and, and texting and all this other stuff. I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, reinvent the wheel here. Let's just take the computers out. Just walk up to them and start speaking to them first. I mean, think about this, guys, real quick. If I were to try to – if I give you a trigonometry problem, you wouldn't be able to solve it if you don't know how to count from 1 to 10. What I'm trying to give these guys are the basics. Say hi. Introduce yourself. Think about James Bond. What does he do? My name is Bond, James Bond. You know, that's the first thing that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. But that's what guys, guys don't do. Yeah, well, I think part of the problem is that after they say hi, you know, my name is James Bond, they, uh, they just don't know where to go from there. Oh, so easy. Think about this, guys. Women are going from point A to B, okay? That's just how they are. They got some, they're always going somewhere. So what you need to do is say, you know, excuse me, I don't mean to be rude. I know you're busy. I don't want to hold you up, which is being respectful of the woman. And say, well, you know, my name is such and such, and you shake her hand. That's making contact, okay? You have to shake the woman's hand. That's being polite, and, it's, and, and that is that you're making a little physical contact there. I always say if you don't shake her hand, you have that invisible friend zone in front of you, an invisible guy in between you. So you just say, look, um, I know you're busy. Uh, why don't you give me a call sometime? I would love to talk to you. I would love to take you out. Call me. That's it. Just call me. Nice meeting you, and let her go and move on to the next one. Now, um, that's great. That's a good approach because it doesn't take up her time. It doesn't monopolize anything at all. And it basically right. presents you in front of her to say, okay, to give her the opportunity to size you up, and then she makes her decision yeah. later. And your, your advice is to do that five times a day, every day, yeah. and then you're going to be yeah. successful, right? Oh, yeah. And here's the crazy thing, and this is why I warn guys. If you do this and you start to pick it up, they're guys to do it 10 times a day, 15. And, and I try to tell these guys, and I warn them, if you listen and do the things that we teach you, you're going to have to slow down because you're going to have a lot of women knocking at your door, a lot mm-hmm. of women following you at work. So guys get caught up in this whole mystery of, I mean, this, this, it's like a drug. And I don't mean like a bad drug, but it's a little bit more than just meeting her. It's courting her. It's uh, what we call giving her a unicorn. If, if you want to know about the unicorn, I can tell you about the unicorn. Please but do. That's the end game. <laughs> you want to know about the unicorn? Of course, sure. Okay, well, let me ask you this question. If you were in the woods 
and you saw a unicorn, an elf, or a smurf, what would you do? You would have to tell somebody, right? You would tell somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you, yeah, if I saw one, I would have to tell someone because that's something that is so like um, unbelievable that you just can't keep it a secret. So what I always tell guys again, in order to be the perfect man, you have to have knowledge of self, knowledge of women, knowledge of dating, and knowledge of sex. Because the way you are outside the bedroom is the same way she perceives you in the bedroom. So if you are that kind of guy that's a leader and all those other things outside the bedroom. And, and we, have a, we have techniques on our site also that teach guys the vultures and hornets, not the birds and bees, but the <laughs> vultures and hornets, because everybody's still stuck in Miss Crabtree's fifth-grade class when it comes to sex because no one's ever taught them that there's another level. And it's that level right there that hooks the woman because you're giving her the one thing that they usually can't get, and so that's the big O. What is it? I and mean, you, how's it done? Well, what do you mean? The, uh, Remember, you're on national radio. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm keeping yeah, That's what I'm doing. I, the, the thing is, the thing is, you know how it feels when we have an O. We're called the big O. You know how it feels for us, right? Yeah. So, can, oh, can you imagine giving that to a woman five times? She's going to tell tell all of her girlfriends. She's going to sell you to her girlfriend. Well, she she shouldn't, but she probably will. I tell you what, yeah, uh, Steve, you want to stick around for one more segment? Let's do it, baby. All right, Steve is with us from. <laughs> Enthusiastic. Uh, like Just that. take us into the break, baby. All right. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything, but if you've got a question for Steve, you get on first. It's Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. You can dial in toll-free. But if you've got a question for Steve from the School of Dating, now would be a good time to dial in. 800-259-9231. Your call will get preference. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian. And Luther. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com enter amazon through that link and free talk live will get a percentage of your of your purchase from amazon it's just them rewarding us for sending them the business it's the same amazon the world's largest internet retailer you know them they are incredibly reliable free super saver shipping available on a whole lot of their brand new items you can even buy used items in dozens of categories Amazon.freetalklive.com. Just start your shopping through that link. Again, Amazon.freetalklive.com. Steve is with us from schoolofdating.com. It's a, a podcast and it's available free uh, where you can learn all kinds of uh, interesting things about the opposite sex and relationships. And uh, Steve, how often do women take a part in your show? Well, that's the thing. Women really are, they listen to the show, but we have a, we do live shows like you gentlemen do every Monday. So women listen, but they're too afraid to call in because we usually break them down. They usually get mad at us and they say, oh, you're misogynistic. What's wrong with taking me out to dinner? And then we break them down and explain that it's about compatibility and not feeding you and 
and then they feel bad and they'll hang up. That's well, well, well let, let's stop you right there, Steve. I mean, this is this what you just said seems to go against kind of the common understanding of dating. What do you mean you don't take a woman out to dinner? Man, you do not spit. You can. You do. Not, okay, let me take a deep breath. Here. <laughs> okay, okay. The thing is, and what we teach our guys is that relationships are based on compatibility. That is a rule. That's rule number one. Rule number two is see rule number one. So, with that being said, you do not have to take a woman out to eat. That is the beta and prey type attitude. Why are you going to feed somebody and spend all this money on somebody you don't even know? Now, again, I'm not saying don't take her for a cup of coffee. Take her to or you'll walk around. Don't spend any more than $20 on any kind of date unless you're sure that she's worth your time. And I don't think you're not coming up with a $20 number to be cheap or anything like that. It just gives oh, everybody no. goals and, uh, you know, makes it clear what it is that you're supposed to be doing, right? Well, well, yeah, I want my guys to make sure that they don't waste their money. I mean, they, they work hard for their money. Why? Here's the thing. Why would you take a woman out to eat when she's going to take two bites of your food and bring it home to me? Why do that? Why do <laughs> that is that? cruel. Now, <laughs> now, so, Steve, well, suppose for a second there's a movie out that I want to see. And there really is. Yeah. I'd like to go see this Iron Man too. And suppose I'm single because going on a date now would be a real problem. But um, what if, uh, you know, I just happened, I, you know, I want to go see this movie. Do you want to go to see this movie with me? Would that be a problem? What does that, what does that throw into the mix if I just to say to some chick, hey, let's go to a movie? See, that's okay. Because, again, you're not putting anything behind it. You just – because you're going because you want to go. You're not going to impress her. You're going because you want to go and you might want some company, which is fine, and it's still under the $20 range. So that's fine. It's okay. So, uh, well, I, I, not if you go to a regular movie. It's not much below a $20 range, uh, especially if you buy sodas. Now, um, we were talking previously before we went into the uh, the break there about uh, the, the culmination of dating. Uh, we were talking about uh, sex and, and what guys can learn, and, and you don't really get taught this information. What is it that School of Dating uh, sort of teaches guys? Well, we teach them every we see we Again, it goes not we teach them knowledge of self, why you're important. Why you're the man, why everything should revolve around you, number one. Uh, we teach about women. We teach about uh, the 16 types of women, how to, uh, how to talk to women, how to approach women. Uh, we talk about dating. We talk about uh, what really dating is. And dating is usually, well, we won't discuss that. Well, that's something they can learn in school to date. But, and then it comes to sex because without, without if you're missing four of those components, you're like a, uh, a $500,000 car with no gas or a million-dollar house with no electricity. You have to come correct on all four fronts in order to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfectly good sense. So, Mark, are you looking for something more explicit from well, Steve I'm, I'm here? Just, I'm just trying to make as as make it clear. You know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what the, the tips are that go on at School of Dating. Maybe... <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, you know, it may be something we can't discuss on the radio, and I, I appreciate it. I know Steve's a professional and knows where we can go where we can't. We're just saying unicorn. We're just saying the, uni- the thing about the unicorn, ah, that's the what unicorn. we say, the, the, the unicorn. And, and if you can give the woman the unicorn, it's the, it's the thing that 
she will sell to her girlfriends. It's the thing that makes her happy because it would, guys don't realize when a woman is really into you and you're doing everything correctly, she will hold your hand. She will look at you. She will go. If she was coming over your house and you drink beer, she would bring your favorite beer over. She would stay up late at night just looking at you going to sleep. These are things that happen on our side of the, on our side of the uh, island. But on everybody else, they have to beg for it. They have to either give gifts for it. You know, they have to pull teeth to get it. And that's not being a man. I've never to. been a fan of uh, smothering women in money or gifts or anything like that. When, when do you think it is appropriate to give a gift? Whenever you find it, whenever you feel it's appropriate. But you know what's so great about being the alpha male is that you can go outside your door. And, you, and we've seen it a lot. Of, have, let me ask you guys this question. Have you ever been with a woman and you, like, open up a book of hers and you see, like, a dead flower that's really wilted inside the book? Have you ever seen that before? I've maybe seen, maybe not that specifically, but something along those lines. Yeah. Well, well, you, well, you, well, you know what that what that is and what that signifies. <laughs> that signifies that alpha male taking going out of his time right outside of out of his house, picking up a dandelion and giving it to her, and she will value that dandelion more than she would you giving her jewelry and all that other stuff. Why is that? Think about what women do with all that jewelry that they collect. All they do is turn it in. <laughs> they turn it in. To the pawn shops. They give it away. They get tired of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the problem. Can we shift yeah, gears here for a moment, Steve, before the end of the hour? Uh, just You know, you've, you've focused a lot. We focused a lot on, on dating and meeting women in the kind of the initial stages. Let's go and talk a little more about the deeper stuff. I mean, you said you've been married happily for uh, for 10 oh, years. Yeah. Let's say yes. you've gone ahead. You've had a success and uh, there's a, a lovely lady that's uh, that's in your life. Uh, you know, yeah. how do you how do you continue that on? What are some of your tips to uh, to continue a successful relationship so she doesn't lose interest? That sort of thing. Oh, well, because the way I was 11 years ago, I'm the same way today, and I expect the same out of her. We have, we're two we're two responsible people. As long as see, our relationship is based on respect. We I don't we don't believe in love. Love love happens after you respect the person because people fall in love in and out of love so much. But when you demand respect from your partner, your partner demands it from you, that means I love you. I, I'm not gonna dis I'm not gonna disrespect you. I'm gonna treat you the way I want to be treated. And that's the beauty of it. You you work together, you have pillow fights. I mean she paints I go to sleep sometimes and she'll paint my toes pink and tell me to go to Walmart and I'm walking around with pink female fingernail. I mean, this, I mean that's just her joking around. Of course, sure, right. I'm not a trained idea, but I'm just saying we have fun. <laughs> we we enjoy each other. We we. I mean, and that's the thing people don't understand. People think you have to argue in order to have a successful relationship, and that doesn't work. It's not it. Any other thoughts for you Steve? You know why? Go, go ahead. Oh, oh, oh right. I want to say real quick. What happens is, and, and ladies, don't get mad at me, but you know it's true. What happens is, you want the fairy tale wedding. You want the expensive wedding, and you want to show off in front of all of your girlfriends. Then you have the, the wedding, the fairy tale wedding, and then you come back to bills. And then that's when, not me because I'm retired, but guys like me can sniff you out because you know you're going to complain. You're not living the same lifestyle. And then guess what? I'm going to be the one to talk to you. Why don't we have some ice cream and let's talk about your relationship? And then you know what happens afterwards. <laughs> it's 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 a bad thing. I'm sorry, guys, but. There are guys out there like that, you know. So sure, I mean that, yeah. that, that that's a reality. And uh, if, yes. if if they're going for that fairy tale wedding, then it uh, it's not going it, to. It's usually just a big waste of money because they're going to have the fairy tale divorce too. If she's 
not looking at the big picture. The big picture is saving the money up and maybe putting down on a house yeah, or a yeah. future or, mm. or maybe the kids' college. See, that's the kind of woman you want. One that says, you know what, baby, it's not about you, not about me. It's about us and what we're doing in the future. And that's what I teach my guys over there. We are real stubborn. We'll put you through an application process, and that's what, and unfortunately, it sounds like that, ladies, but you got to go through an application process that you make us so we're sure well, that if we give you everything we have, you know. Well, well women will do it to men, you know. They'll be, they'll <laughs> right. be way more selective, and a lot of men just don't do that because they just want to have that number, you know. Oh, yeah. Yep. Problem. Steve, it's been great, man. Uh, appreciate, always appreciate yeah. having you on here tonight. People can go to schoolofdating.com to get more from Steve. Subscribe to his <laughs> podcast. And what are some of the other features of your site? Real quick, like 10 seconds. What okay. else will they find there? Uh, other features of the site, we have a free live dating chat line. You, it automatic, I'm paying for it myself. So you can go in there. We have over 200 women on there to pick up your talking Damn. skills. We have uh, videos. We have the live show on Monday night. And uh, emails, and we got newsletters, everything. Good luck with it, Steve. I appreciate your time tonight. Schoolofdating.com. Check him out, and thanks for the time, dude. Thank you, brother. Yep, good night. Hour number two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. So, I came across something, I think somebody posted it to their Facebook account, and it's from Newsweek about National ID. One of their edit- editors or authors, Christopher Dickey, has a, what he calls a modest proposal. So, I'm going to go ahead and share his modest proposal with you here. And uh, he says that, uh, the headline here, all Americans, whether brown, white, or black, should be required to carry a passport showing they are red, white, and blue. This is his modest proposal. As an American, I cannot go to Arizona today without a passport, declared Los Angeles City Councilman Ed Reyes, one of the sponsors of a resolution to boycott Arizona's businesses because of its new immigration law. According to the story here, if I come across an officer who's having a bad day and feels the picture on my ID is not me, I can be deported, no questions asked. 
The hyperbolic Reyes told the LA Times this week, that is not American. Well, as it happens, according to Dickey, when I was in Arizona for a conference last month, I carried my passport everywhere I went. Not that I really expected to be asked for it. I was born in Tennessee, and my Scots, Irish, English, German, and Danish forebears got me an exemption from such tribulations, even in Arizona, simply because they were all white. The fact is, I always carry my passport. After years, you living- always carry your passport. What if you lose it? What a bad idea. After years living and working in Europe, the Middle East, and Central America, I've grown used to the idea that cops can ask me for my papers anytime they choose. In police states, this is a pretty ugly process, most often an attempt at intimidation or extortion or both. In democracies, it can be pretty ugly, too, and sometimes for the same reasons, but you get used to it. And if we're serious about drawing lines against illegal immigration, which is all about defining who is a card-carrying American and who is not, a national ID is the obvious first step. Without it, we're left guessing who looks like or sounds like a bona fide gringo. So, to be fair, my modest proposal is that all Americans inside America, not just outside, should be required to have passports and to carry them at all times. Whenever any American is asked for an ID, he or she should have to produce one issued by the federal government. Well, this gentleman is um, making you know making a proposal basically based on his personal experience in foreign countries. He mm-hmm. was a he was an expatriate in uh, foreign countries and on several continents, and he carried his passport with him because he wasn't a citizen of the country, and he needed to be able to show. He felt that he needed on a moment's notice to show who he was. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. So if um, his personal experience makes it uh, modest proposal, then I have some personal experience, too. I spent eight years of my life in a, uh, a little prison uh, that they called Gladiator School in the state of Florida. And we had to wear our IDs, at least for a portion of the time. It, it, you know, the, the rules tended to change because government's arbitrary. Um, but for a portion of the time, a good portion, we had to carry our IDs actually clipped to our shirt pocket. And you, if, if you didn't have the shirt pocket, you had to immediately go to the laundry and they would sew one on for you. So um, you know, my modest proposal is that everyone must be required to wear a shirt with a pocket at all times, <laughs> and they must have their national ID clipped to it. Well, you got used to it, right? So it must be okay. It's fine. It's a modest proposal. According to him, he says those who fail to comply should be liable to detention until the cops who pick them up figure out if they're really true red, white, and blue Americans. Yep, that's how it was in, in prison, too. No matter whether you they have are, your ID pinned to your badge, you could you could go to the confinement. No matter whether they are black, brown, white, or shades in between. Of course, passports like the one I carry, the ones that are required if you want to fly into the United States, are expensive. Mine tend to wear out fast in my back pocket, and the last one I got cost a hundred bucks. So let's be reasonable. At minimum, all Americans should be required to have one of the wallet-sized passport cards issued by the feds. They cost twenty dollars if you've had a regular passport before, forty-five if you haven't. Foreign citizens with United States permanent resident cards, which have recently been redesigned and made more secure, would only need to show those. Anything less, the biometric social security card advocated by some Democrats on Capitol Hill, say, or the Real ID program to modify state driver's licenses as national IDs, or the E-Verify program for businesses to check employees' true nationalities, is really just a workaround that doesn't work 
So all of those police state ideas are not modest this enough. Is a, this is a better police state idea. Well, his is, I guess they aren't uh, good enough. His is modest, but better. Uh, right, well, according, ma- to ma- according to him, right? Yeah. And that's the thing is we were told that the driver's licenses were secure. We've been told that uh, the social security cards were secure. We've been told that all the things that the government does is secure. But in fact... If you look at it, the government is the biggest loser of people's personal information out there because, mm. well, it has the most. and It also the, doesn't have the same incentives to protect it. And, and the problem that we have in this country with uh, illegal immigrants comes from the fact that they can duplicate the, um, the IDs that the government has. They do already duplicate them. It's my understanding that you can go to flea markets around the, the nation and buy these things. Now, now I'm kind of a forgetful guy. Like I, I, I have an easy tendency to maybe... Change my pants and leave my wallets in that yeah, pants. You know, I've lost a few myself. Oh yeah, it's it's not a hard thing to do. So I should be you know dragged off to the gulag because I you know happen to forget it one day. Yeah, that'll teach you a lesson. You won't forget it after that yeah. happens. Well, this guy carries his passport with him wherever he goes in America. He was born in Tennessee and he carries it with him. So he doesn't have OCD. He just has a modest proposal, right? Like he's not <laughs> crazy. For carrying his passport. I mean, I've had a passport for years. I think actually it's expired now because I haven't gone on the nation in, mm-hmm. in years. But um, I, I've never considered carrying this thing around with me. It's absolutely ludicrous. They tell you not to carry your social security card around with you. But some people do. It doesn't make any sense. No. That's ludicrous. Carry that thing with you. He says the other schemes create whole new layers of bureaucracy and vast new burdens for law enforcement. The Arizona legislation. If he's talking about bureaucracy, he's obviously he's not talking about the passport organization because that's the biggest bureaucracy. You send your stuff in. You send your birth certificate into these people. Hope it comes back in six weeks. Wow, I don't remember that happening when I when I did mine. It it seemed to me that I sent in several very important pieces of information to them right. and hope right. that it, they came back. The Arizona legislation, he says, is a case in point. It fails to define reasonable suspicion for demanding proof of citizenship and then leaves the proof itself a little vague. In one recent case near Phoenix, a Hispanic truck driver whose license and registration were in order was taken to the offices of the Immigration Service in handcuffs while authorities called his wife at work and made her go home to find the birth certificate showing he was born in the U.S., and the new law won't even take effect officially until July. We actually talked about that story. They didn't release him immediately upon him uh, her producing that uh, birth certificate either. Do you carry your original birth certificate with you? Do you even know where it is? Do I really want to live in a United States where I have to carry my papers with me everywhere and all the time? No. But I don't want any Americans of any race with any accent to have to do so either. So if we're going to do this at all, and maybe that is the price of rationalizing immigration policy, then let's do it to all of us. As things stand, if they're... Because tyranny is better when it's equal. As things stand, if they're... If ever there were a license for corrupt local government officials and crazed citizens to intimidate a community, Arizona's new laws fit the bill, as it were. Anyone discussing this much-discussed immigration law should take the time to read the text. Yeah, right. It's xenophobic, xenophobic populism gone plum loco, as folks used to say in bad westerns. And if there were any doubt about the parochial... So it sounds like he's acknowledging here that uh, the Arizona law will be used to target brown people. So to that extent, he's right about that, but he takes it in the wrong direction by saying that, well, so we should target absolutely everybody, as opposed to what we would say, which would be that, well, let's try freedom and let people, uh, peaceful people tr- uh, pass 
through imaginary lines in the sand without hassling them. Well, I, I think that there there are caveats to, to our recommendation. I'm, you, I mean, you would say that we need to get rid of the uh, the welfare system. We need to, to not force people to pay for other people's schooling. I wouldn't say those are caveats necessarily. They are suggestions of, uh, of a direction to go in. I well, would I not... can tell you that there's no way that anybody's going to go for uh, free immigration. I'm not interested in free immigration when I've got to pay other people's bills. I mean, that's just not my... Well, you can just stop paying the government, and then you're mm. not paying anybody's bills. So I, I just I, I hesitate to say that's a caveat. It's an important point that deserves to be made, but if, uh, if tomorrow I get to press a button and open up, you know, allow people to, uh, to travel freely, and there's still a welfare system, I'll allow people to travel freely. I'll take whatever increase in freedom wherever I can get it, however I can get it. But we'll continue with his modest proposal here in a little bit. He's not done yet. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You're welcome to join in the conversation. You can bring up anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Get signed up for our news updates. You can have them delivered in whatever way works best for you. So maybe you prefer to get our emails, or you'd like to follow us on Twitter, or Facebook is your thing. We've got all three. You can go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up it's free of course news.freetalklive.com in our public school system they spend all kinds of times getting you to uh, memorize things like oh the state capitals or something like that they don't spend any time telling you about the legal system jurisdictionary.com uh, will teach you just that it'll it'll within with a five-hour video seminar two two-point-five-hour uh, audio classrooms and 15 in-depth reference tutorials they'll help you to master the mystery of drafting pleadings understanding the court's power getting evidence from opponents, motions in hearings and courtroom objections and many more things. It's uh, designed so the average eighth grader can grasp it in less than 24 hours. So if whether you're taking a case to court, this will help you to file a pro se suit or whether you, uh, you know, just keep an eye on your attorney. It's jurisdictionary.com. All right, 800-259-9231. We will take your phone calls about absolutely anything. But first, we're going to continue with uh, what this guy calls a modest proposal. That every single uh, person in this country should be carrying a federally issued passport identification card. And that any time some government goon approaches uh, to demand it of you, that you would provide it to them. Uh, it's from Newsweek. And let me just continue this before we get uh, we get into your phone calls here. He points out, and he, he points out rightfully that the Arizona law is basically a license for the government people to harass brown people. But he wants to take it in a direction of uh, tyranny for everybody, right? Because if if any police officer can ask anybody for for their national ID, then of course it wouldn't be harassment, right? 
which is exactly what we said would happen uh, likely on this program is that the Arizona law was going to result in racial profiling, people being targeted for being brown. And the, the solution to this problem it would simply be that, well, we'll just be able to ask anybody we want regardless of what uh, color their skin or their right. hair uh, happens to I, be. I would like to point out that my last name makes me sound like I'm brown. Mm, well, yes. <laughs> you, you could very well be an illegal immigrant. I could very well. Last what are you going to do about it, Mark? I, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, so we'll continue this here actually in a moment. Let's go first, though, to Kyle in Pennsylvania. Kyle, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, it's the cursing stoner from the other day. All right. Hey, Kyle. Hey, um, I just wanted to comment, uh, you guys were saying that, um, you know, with the national ID card and everything, as I don't agree with it at all as much as you guys don't, but just like driver's license, Ian, um, you don't carry any licenses around, correct? Oh, no, I have a, I have a, a driver's license, yeah. Okay, I just, I thought I heard you say one time, you make the point not to have on you oh, out. if I'm going out to do civil disobedience, uh, if I'm if I'm just out on the town without driving around, I will not carry the the license. Okay. Um. Well. All right. Well, you carry a license, but let's say we have we're going to have to deal with this. Uh, if we if we are going to have to deal with this, why can't it be just like the driver license? Like if you don't have it on you, you forgot it, you lost it. You just give them the uh, the driver's license number. They look it up real quick. I don't know about you, so but I don't, I don't know, know my driver's uh, driver's license number. Um, I I do. I don't like <laughs> for that. I I know my driver's license number for that exact reason. Just like Luther was saying. I don't. It doesn't matter um, to me what the modification of the the plan is. I object to the idea of being being forced to identify myself to uh, government oh, people. Oh, I I object as as much as you do. But I'm just saying, like that. I'm pretty sure that's the. Uh, they would just do that. Well. You know, if you don't have it on you, just give us your name, and we'll look it up on this. You know, they all have laptops in their cars, and they'll just look it up, and there's your picture right there. So that's, that's the excuse they're going to come up with. That's what I'm saying. I'm not defending this at all. But I'm just saying, like, if they're going to say, well, you don't want this because you might not have it on you because you lost it in your laundry, well, we'll, we'll just look you up in the system, and so we can just do this anyway. That's, that's all they're going to say. Anything else you want to share tonight? Um, no, that's about it. Kyle, I thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. So uh, back to the Newsweek guy here. I forget what his name is. Doesn't matter. Just some police status. Christopher Dickey is his name. (laughs) He uh, says that uh, this kind of self-contradicting conservatism bordering on lunatic libertarianism, I guess he's suggesting that the Arizona law is somehow libertarian. I'm not sure what he's getting at there. That leads, because it's certainly not liberty-oriented, that leads to the crazy situation where people suspected of terrorist connections can be put on a no-fly list, but not on a no-buy list for guns, as New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg and Police Commissioner Ray Kelly noted in a recent testimony on the Hill. Well, enough of that, he says. If we want to protect the nation from illegal immigration, and for that matter from terrorists, then it is the nation, precisely, that should be in charge, and part of the job should be issuing a uniform document to all citizens. Well, you know, I, I if he says lunatic libertarianism i i don't disagree that probably a good portion maybe even most people that call themselves libertarians out there in fact agree with this uh, arizona thing uh you know the the, the sovereignty of the border and mm. all that stuff wouldn't you agree i don't know i don't it's, i don't really would know. you say it's close i don't talk to most people who consider themselves libertarians so i wouldn't know I, I, it's all about speculation i, I can't speculate 
Right now, he says about 23% of Americans have some form of passport. Let's make that 100%. And if you want to buy a gun, your passport number should be recorded in your purchase agreement and your records of travels and associations checked before you carry it out of the shop, whether your name is Faisal, Fernando, or Fred. He says, are these revolutionary ideas? No. No, they, in fact, date back to a long time ago, uh, tyrannies that existed long before this one. But raising these issues creates such political firestorms, such widely distorted rhetoric and abuse in the United States these days that, well, I'm glad I've got my passport, says Christopher Dickey at Newsweek. I can't say that it would uh, I would miss him that much. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, this idea that you you should check people uh, for their, you know, the, their past indiscretions when they buy guns. You know, I, I understand where people are coming from. I don't want to give a gun to somebody who's going to go out and kill somebody within the next 24 hours with it. That's not what I'm looking to do. But I do have questions. I'm convicted of a felony, and it has been more than 20 years now. But I can't own a gun to protect myself and my family. But I could go out and buy one today if I wanted to. I could have one within 24 hours. And I don't think there's anybody out there that disputes that. Mm-hmm. So the laws don't prevent me from buying a gun. They just prevent me from owning one lawfully. So in this circumstance, the guns don't, uh, you know, that when you prevent outlaw felons from owning guns, only the outlaw felons will own guns because any felon can go out and get themselves a gun. Sure. It's only the ones that don't want any risk of going back to jail any- anymore and don't want to, you know, don't want to protect their families or whatever. These they they, they weigh the risks and they say, well, I'm not going to get a gun. Those are the only ones you're preventing from getting a gun. Are those the ones you want to prevent? Because the ones you don't want to prevent already have guns. Or excuse me, the ones you do want to prevent from getting guns already have them. So stop passing these laws and and making it that much more difficult for honest people who've who've gone the right way, honest people from protecting their families. Toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. You're welcome to share your thoughts on this gentleman's modest proposal. Although, I don't know if gentleman is the right word. Anybody that would propose uh, an increase in the uh, the tyranny of the police state, I don't know if i consider them a gentleman. I think his last name says it all. Dickie? 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Libby's 100% Pure Pumpkin. Learn how to give everyday recipes a nutritional boost with the power of pumpkin at VeryBestBaking.com. When choosing fruits and vegetables, orange or yellow are your best bets. Vegetables like butternut squash, pumpkin, or yellow peppers are rich in nutrients that are linked with lower risks of certain cancers and heart disease. On the fruit side, cantaloupe, bananas, and oranges offer the same benefits, plus one more. Kids love them. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Just dial in and bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it is Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. W-I-K-I wiki. Dot freetalklive.com. During the break, we were just, uh, I, w- I was commenting on uh, how Jack can be so adamant about things he's, he's passionate about. And one thing he's passionate about is a book called An Island Called Liberty. 
It's probably because his daddy likes it and likes to read it to him, so he uh, he he can pick up on that. But if you'd like to get this uh, simple story, grace these these this simple story with graceful rhymes and beautiful illustrations that uh, any child can really come to love, go to freemarketunderdog.com. It is a story about liberty on an island called Liberty, and you can get a ten percent discount uh, if you're a listener of Free Talk Live by using the coupon code FTL. An Island Called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Let's continue to take your phone calls about anything. Dave, listening in Alabama, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark. Hello, how are you guys doing? Hey, Dave, what's on your mind tonight? Nothing much, selfishly. I just wanted to call back and actually agree with you guys on something after calling you yesterday. Um, Basically, I, I wanted to ask you guys a question about the uh, border itself. Uh, do you, do you ha- know the actual law that, that governs the quote-unquote border? Sure don't. I don't know any of their laws. Okay. So what, what is the law that they talk... Well, actually, I think it's Pinckney's Treaty. I did a show on this uh, about a month ago. Okay. And uh, it it's from 1812, and it basically says that uh, um, that the private owners, private landowners are actually the ones that are supposed to enforce their own border law, which I think is a lot more uh, reasonable than what we have going on right now. And, and doable and cheaper. Yeah. Well, yeah, I support yeah. private property, so if somebody wants to keep people off their private land, I, uh, I entirely support it. Mm-hmm. But I, if and, I, and and thing, I also, that, as a private property owner, if I want people to be able to come onto my land, then I should be allowed to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is actually no border. The, the 1812 Treaty of Sam something basically says that uh, you, there's free, it guarantees free transit, mainly for trade and for commerce purposes, but it guarantees free transit back and forth by either people. And uh, so there's actually, the law actually states that we're supposed to allow them free uh, crossing and whatnot without any harassment of any kind. I and the thing that, that bothers me with the Arizona law, although I'm kind of weird mixed because I think states have the right to do what they want, but the thing that bothers me is that uh, we always seem to go for more policing. You know, it always goes to a regulation or more policing or more browbeating and uh, away well, that's from what government actual, does. like, real fixes. That's, yeah. that's, oh, yeah, that's no what doubt. government does is it moves towards more government. Though I uh, use the term we, I would not include myself uh, in that, and I also don't believe that states, which are nothing more than a, an imaginary concept, uh, have rights. I think only individuals can can have rights. Yeah. But I think um, I think you, that people... you don't think that really. Well, yeah, I states think that... are just a just a fantasy. It's just there is no such thing as a state. It's just a a concept that men made up and have deluded themselves into believing uh, there is something like that. There are only individuals right. and uh, and how they behave toward one another. Well, you that's give meaning to... That's a little more Trekkie, in my view. That's but, a little um, more what than um, your view? I'm sorry, a little Trekkie, more... Trekkie, like uh, Star Trek. Trekkie. I don't, I don't really... It's a little bit much for me. Uh, well, like Star that, Trek but, is a um, fantasy concept, just like the state is a fantasy concept. There is no such thing as the state. It's it's just a group of men and women who've come together, and they share a uh, common delusional belief system. It's really a cult, okay. as uh, Gene the Christian Anarchist would point out. Okay. All right. Luther, what well, is it you were trying smart. to uh, well, interject? Okay. Well... Uh, I lost that thought, but I, I would add that, uh, to, or to pose a question to David, uh, you, you said that, you know, this law dated back to 1812, right? Yeah. Well, uh, it seems that the argument 
nowadays is, oh, well, that was then, this is now. Times are different now, you know, and we need security. We need to close up those borders. Uh, what would you say to somebody who would say that? Well, I, I think that the, the real thing that stinks is most of my friends, I mean, here in Alabama, most of my friends are extremely conservative, obviously. And I usually agree with them, like, on a you know, individual and family basis, I agree with their values for the most part. But as we heard last night with the boobs, but um, I think that uh, I would just say, why don't we look at, like, allowing people to make the choices for themselves and their families, like uh, allowing them to grow, like, uh, a marijuana plant in the backyard instead of the drugs that are coming across, welfare. If they eliminated, like, the government giving away some of our money, uh, then, you know, those people wouldn't really have a reason to come across because the jobs would be taken up by the, the, by the percentage of people uh, at that level that, that need a job. You yeah. follow me? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Any other thoughts for us tonight, okay. No, thank you. Thank appreciate you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I think he brought up a, you know, a, a, an observation that's true, is that when people want to do something that's impossible, they hand that job to the government. And it's impossible to stop people from foreign lands from coming here wanting a better life. As a matter of fact, I mean, that's why they put the statue out in the uh, the harbor there. Oh, it's not impossible. Look at North Korea. Yeah, you're right. Nobody wants to get in. Very few people want to get into North Korea. Yeah. Um, but so if, if the United States becomes when like the United North States Korea, was the freedom, uh, the, the the shining beacon of freedom, they put a big statue in the harbor that said, Break, "Give us here. your poor, yeah. your 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 downtrodden, and all those people your wait, yearning labor. to be free. The, get, we'll, the, we'll 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 make a nation with them." Wait a minute, you're, you're saying that the 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 Statue of Liberty's message wasn't "Give us your uh your rich." Give us your talented, uh, give us your upper class, because that seems to be who they're trying to let in today. That's, uh, that's educated also. Yeah. yeah. White. All right, so we're going to continue here. English and uh, speaking of Gene, the Christian anarchist, he's here in Tennessee on the Ampline. Hello, Gene. Well, hi, guys. Uh, first, I wanted to say from a listener's point of view, I've noticed a change in your show format. I much preferred the old format, which was uh, I've noticed that kind of you're leaning towards uh, theme oriented and and guest oriented. And the thing that attracted me—I'm not me sure most, what would make you think that. Well, the thing that first attracted me to Free Talk Live was the just crazy anarchist uh, hodgepodge uh, program where anything would happen after anything else. And I've noticed lately that you've had a lot of guests on and a lot of... No, really haven't had a lot of guests on. And what themes would would you be uh, referring to? Oh, like dating theme or uh, going with... uh, Well, we had a guest Uh, on who was speaking about dating. Well, on uh, Saturday night, someone called about immigration, and then that took up the remainder of the show because people kept calling, and we have open phone lines. So the Saturday shows have been immigration-themed because people want to talk about immigration, so that's what they call in and talk about. It's an open phone show, Gene, and occasionally we will have a guest on. There has not been a dating theme, however. The guest was a dating guest. And I don't remember the last guest we had on before. You sound really okay. defensive, Ian. Um, well, Gene, anyway, well, he's, he's, he's incorrect. Like. That's what it sounds like from the listener's okay. point of view, and it's, it's really not that important whether, it's, whether I'm right or wrong. It's just the, it's my perception. All right. So, well, here you are. Okay. Um, immig- uh, not immigration. I don't want to talk about immigration. <laughs> I want to talk about the, the welfare state because uh, um, we see a lot of it. We see a lot of people that, are coming in trying to get a signature on the line that says that they're disabled so that they can get disability benefits. And a lot of times 
their disability is really a baloney. I mean, you know, people will come in asking for disability on all kinds of things. We know of somebody that's disabled but spent the entire month fishing in the Bahamas. Well, you know what? If you're that disabled or you're, you're applying for disability, you can't spend a month fishing in the Bahamas. I'm sorry. You know, it takes effort to go out in that fishing boat and fish. And why don't you get a job fishing then if you really like fishing instead of trying to get money on disability? Gene, my wife actually but, did this for a living at one point. She, uh, she, she was the bureaucrat that you had to go through in order to get dis, you know, labeled disabled. And um, she, a couple of examples that uh, – and, of course, you, you don't prove the, the, the rule by the examples. But a couple of good ones were basically a guy who couldn't keep a job because he was a jerk wanted to be labeled disabled because he's a jerk. And another guy who uh, claimed to be disabled because he couldn't become sexually aroused with anything but Japanese cartoons. I've got another one for you. I'll tell you what. Hang on, Gene. More in a moment. 800-259-9231. Scamming the system, the so-called disabled people. We'll come back with more and uh, your calls as well. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are for free, so enjoy those. And uh, you can also help support the show by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You've got a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live into more ears around the world uh, online and on the air. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Is your weight out of control? I felt that way in the past. Now, I never got really big, but I didn't feel like I had control over my weight. Um, if You could try this product that uh, has been working for me. I've been taking it for about six weeks now and uh, managed to lose weight all along. It's Luma Thin Plus. I haven't changed my lifestyle anyway. I'm not working out any differently. I'm not doing anything any different. It just causes me to eat a little less, and that's really the trick. Luma Thin Plus at LumaThinPlus.com. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. We've got Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're back on Free Talk Live. You were talking about welfare and uh, the so-called people on disability who are doing things like taking uh, fishing trips into the Bahamas. What else did you want to share? Well, on the same theme, uh, if you, it's not just human nature, but it's animal nature. To If you can get something for free you're not going to want to work for it. I mean, even an animal, if you give them their food for free, they're not going to go out and try to kill for their food or, or hunt or anything like that. They're they just going lazy. to sit on their butts, and they get fat. Yeah. So this is what we're doing in this country is we're getting fat. But I wanted to mention somebody that my wife worked with in the VA hospital system back in Reno, Nevada, and I don't know the guy's name or anything, but the guy had a job at the Reno VA, and he was a he was a quadriplegic, not a paraplegic. He was quadriplegic in a wheelchair that had a little joystick mm. to move around. And guess what his job was? What was no idea. It's 
the same thing as Mark's wife used to be. He had to approve your disability claim. So when you came waddling in there with your little cane and you sat down, this guy comes rolling in in his little wheelchair controlled by the joystick, and you had to convince him that you were disabled. Now there was a good, uh, a good program, a good disability program. I'm not for government programs, and I don't think we need more bureaucrats. However, I do think that uh, we should probably employ more quadriplegics as the people who get to control who gets disability and who doesn't. Yeah, I don't think there should be any uh, free handouts. You know, people, the family. You should go to your family for help. You should go to your church for help, or whatever group that you're a part of. You really shouldn't be asking. Uh, taking money from other people by force to pay for your benefit. And, uh, you know, that's the bottom line. Very good, sir. I I don't even think it's the... This whole country is getting fat this way. We're all getting fat on free money, and it's going to end sooner or later. Very soon, I think. Yeah, Uh, I I don't think it's even as much, um, you know, the force as the entitlement. You know, when people, like you said, feel entitled, you know, they're going to... They know that 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 money is going to be there month after month, um, year after year. There's no reason for them to go out and work, and it's the same way as, uh, you know, an animal that... uh, (laughs) you put food out um, for every day at the house, they're not going to go out and hunt. If you put dry, crunchy cat food out for, for the cats that, that are around your house, they're not going to go out and hunt for mice anymore. They're just going to go and eat the food. Thanks for the call, Gene. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Did you want to jump in, Luther, with something there? It's passed. Don't worry about it. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue with Vince in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vince. Vince. Hello, Ian and Mark. On the air. What's on your mind tonight? And Luther. Luther, yeah. (laughs) I wanted to ask you something. If you were familiar with this Max Cain case in Wisconsin. Doesn't sound familiar. What is it? About the distribution of raw milk and cheese products. We've heard of uh, stories like this. I don't know if we've talked about this specific one, but I think we actually talked about raw raw milk earlier this week. What about Mm -hmm. it? What happened? Well, they have buying clubs. There in Wisconsin, I've been a member of a buying club here in Indiana for about the last 25 years. Mm-hmm. I buy raw milk and, and milk and you know and cheese and eggs and meat. I don't buy it from the grocery stores. I don't pay any sales tax. And but you know, I think they're after him because they want him to, to divulge who his customers are and who's supplying him with mm. the raw milk and the. And what did they do to him? Well, they issued an interrogatory order for the sheriff to come and get his records. And eventually, well, he doesn't have his records available on his property. So uh, I'm not whatever too... he does with them, he can bury them in the ground, <laughs> as far not... as I'm concerned. But... <laughs> yeah, I'm not too but familiar I mean, I with, uh, with why this whole raw milk thing is such a big deal, uh, why they're cracking down on it now. Uh, could you guys fill me in, maybe? Sure. Um, the, the political process is al- allows people that are more powerful than you to uh, to get their, their cronies into office, and then those people uh, will reward their friends and punish their enemies. Yes, I understand one of that the, part. One of the powerful uh, you know people out there are people in agriculture, because everybody eats. Okay. And the dairy lobby is huge. And the dairy lobby realizes they can't provide raw milk, because raw milk doesn't keep as long as pasteurized milk it's not quite as and they're mass safe. producing it right it's it because it's um you, you know the different things can happen if if you're sloppy in the way that you produce your milk pasteurization's a good idea because if there's a little bit of cow poo or whatever gets in mm-hmm. it gets pasteurized 
everything's fine. So um, raw milk requires a much cleaner process. And we, my wife and I drink raw milk. So um, and we get it from a, a farm that we can go and look at, uh, you know, it produced if that's what we wish to do. And we have. So um, basically, the big milk people don't want the little dairy farmers being able to sell milk on the side. They want those dairy farmers beholden to them. Because you can imagine if you're a dairy farmer and a, mil- a gallon of milk's four bucks. If you're a dairy farmer, what do you think you get when you give it to the big dairy uh, pasteurizer guy? Yeah, four cents. It, maybe, yeah, maybe 50 cents or something per yeah. gallon tops. Um, whereas if you sell it to other people for just what they get it at the grocery store, and that's what we pay. Um, we pay the same rate that you'd, you'd pay at the grocery store, except we buy it from the farmer. And you you know where your food came from. It's nice because you're you're giving money to a local guy. It's not going you know out of the state or anything. Yeah, like absolutely. That. So Vince, anything else you want to share about this? Well, I just want to share that I do when I go buy my food stuff from this a couple farmers here. Both of them are Mennonite farmers, but mm-hmm. I do see the cows you know out wandering around in the grass and yep. not in the mud and because I go past one of these. Big corporate farms on the fence is god-awful. Yeah, they keep and too I, many I cows. You, the, the, the big farms keep too many cows in a, too small of an area. Feed um, they, feed their, they, they feed them grains yeah. and, and things like that in order is to get bad? larger production. It's, it's better to have grass-fed milk, you know? That's, it, it's, just, it's a better life for the cow. It's Vince, a better... I thank you for the, for the call tonight. I appreciate thank hearing you. from you. 800-259-9231. Mark, you let me borrow some, or you allowed me to have some of the, I have, the, the yeah. raw milk in the past. And the thing you told me about it was that it goes bad quicker because it doesn't have any preservatives in it. I've learned new things, but go on. Oh, I was going to say, if that's the case, that's one of the my, one would be one of my objections to it is that uh, if it costs the same for me as a single man, it mm-hmm. costs more because I, you know, I, it takes me a week or so or longer to go through a half a gallon. So well, you, you get you get different sizes. Uh, you know, you can get a quart. You can get right, a but I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to run out to the, the the local farm every time I need a pint of uh, of milk. That Indeed. Seems well, what a happens? Bit of, a lot of effort for for um, in our in my life, um, the way it goes is that we have a friend who kind of she does this co-op thing and, mm-hmm. and she goes by when she goes into town she always goes by so she just drops off the food she pretty much handles that stuff so when we need milk we send an email um, and the next day we've mm-hmm. got milk so that pretty much you know if, it, if we have to deviate from our normal two two times a week getting milk then you know that's fine the if it goes uh the reason that we thought it went bad more quickly is because it was sort of staying around the surface and it smelled bad. But uh, mm. in fact, we staying found staying around the surface. Yeah, it was staying around the, the 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 cap, the lid. Oh, okay. We were smelling a bad lid, essentially. Gotcha. Um, so I think that it keeps probably for closer to ten days than than that six days that we used mm. to think it kept. Okay, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. Let's talk to Ty in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ty. Ty, Hello. Tennessee. You're on the air. Yes, I've got a question. Uh, yes, sir. I like this idea of a stateless society, but I've been wondering how uh, disputes, property disputes, and infractions against life, liberty, and property would be resolved sure. in such a society. Yeah, it's a great question and one that I can't answer in the next 30 seconds. So if you want to hang on and discuss it a little in uh, detail, you're welcome to. Otherwise, we'll discuss it in detail uh, coming up here, at least as much detail as we can, uh, in the third hour. But it's a great question, and it's one that I – it was probably one of the last issues that stood between 
me being just a libertarian and me being somebody who believes in a truly uh, voluntary society. Right. And and I don't think that we're going to get to this stateless society um, anytime in the next week. So uh, probably answering this question, it's not you or I or anybody who's going to get, come up with these answers. We'll, we'll give you what our ideas are, but that doesn't mean that that's the way things are going to go. No, we can't realize it, but we have to have our eye on the prize. Indeed. Yep. If you want, you're welcome to hang on. We can talk about this in Hour 3, which is coming up shortly, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. More moments. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Go ahead, compare Free Talk Live's free features to even the paid features of those other talk show websites. I bet you'll find out that our website outdoes even the other talk shows paid features and it's all free for you at freetalklive.com uh luther joining us here in the studio tonight and uh we're going to continue with your phone calls i think ty is still with us in tennessee ty are you there yes i'm here okay you'd called in to ask a uh, i think was a, a fairly important question you've heard the idea of uh, the concept of a stateless society the, the idea of moving away evolving toward uh peace evolving toward consensual interactions between human beings as opposed to this coercive governmental uh, monopoly on violence that we have today uh, moving toward that and inevitably when you come up come across this idea if like you uh it feels good to you if it it, it sounds like a good thing there will be objections that crop up uh, you'll ask yourself and i asked myself the same questions you are asking yourself about the justice system well what about that how how would res- uh would disputes be resolved in the absence of a monopoly on violence was that essentially your question yes that, that sums it up very nicely 
Okay, well, there are different, definitely different things that we need to look at here. Uh, number one, a lot of things today, a lot of contracts are resolved, uh, disputes with those contracts are resolved outside of the governmental system through arbitration. Right, uh, and m- many people choose arbitration because, A, they put it in the contract, and the reason they put it in the contract, they, that, that way it's binding, and the reason they put it there is it's significantly faster and significantly yes. less costly than the court system. And the probably system, more accurate at getting a good decision. By being the default monopoly uh, dispute resolution organization that's out there, has just become overloaded and um, bloated. And because the, the the lawyers know that if they make it that much more uh, that much more difficult to use, then you'll need you'll need to pay more on lawyers to be able to to navigate the maze. So they've they've essentially made the court system nearly inoperable. Yeah. So if you take a look at uh, most of the contracts especially with uh, big organizations like a cell phone contract or something like that. You take a look at um, uh, many contracts and you'll see that in their uh, clauses there's an arbitration provision that says that you agree that you will not take whatever your uh, issues are to the government courts, that uh, that the contract will be arbitrated by the American Arbitration Association. They're probably the most frequently found. I don't know of what the other ones are. I'm sure there's competitors out there. Uh, but uh, th- th- that already happens in a lot of cases. So the idea would basically be to take arbitration and make it the standard as opposed to having this uh, one-size-fits-all government monopoly. And so with, when you've got a contract, it's easy to say, okay, well, you've got a contract, so you've already agreed in advance who the arbitrator will be. If there's a dispute, you take it there, the loser ends up paying. That's pretty easy. But what about the stuff where you don't have contracts? What about when somebody damages some property, you don't have a contract with them, uh, there's an assault, whatever. Some sort of uh, an interaction between two human beings that was certainly unplanned and uncalled for. How do you, uh, how do you deal with that situation? That's where things or, can... even, or even simultaneous claims against the same property. Sure, sure. And that's where you, you get into uh, the issue of having a reputation system being a very important factor here. Because what you want is you want people to be willing to take things to arbitration. You, you want to have both parties enter into arbitration on a voluntary basis. And when somebody has a reputation that they're looking to uphold, when reputation is very important, and it's important today, uh, it's just that we, I think they're, they're, Having a system to track reputation could be very useful, sort of like we have a credit rating system today, but a little more, yep. a little different. But likely free because, um, or, or you know, free to access. Imagine how your your relations with people would be different if you could take your BlackBerry and, um, you know, while you're talking to them on the phone or, or interacting with them real quickly, uh, you know, it whispers in your ear or in some way you can surreptitiously get information. You know, that this person is a, you know, they, they shirk on their um, loans. They're, they're, they're a bad person to deal with. Um, they, they, they beat their wife. Whatever the, whatever the information you'd be able to find out through a reputation rating that's free, essentially like eBay or some, some organization like that. Imagine how your your interactions would be different. So the idea would be that you want to get the other person to come to the arbitration to uh, to essentially defend themselves uh, voluntarily. And if there were reputation ratings, then they would want to because they'd want to keep their reputation good, presuming they didn't do what it is alleged or uh, that they're willing to make good or whatever. If they're more reasonable, they're more likely to show up to uh, to arbitration and then uh, you you both would come to an agreement on which arbitrator you would go to if you couldn't agree on which arbitrator you'd go to for instance if they just thought that you were you know you're picking all the wrong arbitrators they don't agree with what you want to the, the 
company you want to use. They could pick their own arbitrator. You could pick your arbitrator. And then both of the arbitrators would have interlocking agreements, presumably, that uh, would allow them to choose a third arbitrator. So that would triple the cost of the arbitration, uh, but it would allow each person to have the representation that they uh, – the arbitration that they felt would be appropriate. And in the same way that uh, you know now people sort of make judgment calls on other people, if you found out uh, you know through their rating or whatever that a person chose not to go to arbitration on a particular issue, mm-hmm. you likely would assume that that person is guilty of that. And, and I would assume that the reputation rating companies that uh, would, would assume the same thing. That'd be a big dent in their reputation. Right. So if they choose not to go to uh, you know arbitration on, say, a sexual assault or something, now you're living in a world where um, the, you know that person's going to be living in a world where nobody's going to want to do business with them on any kind of credits uh, basis. They're not going to want to be alone with that person. They're not. They're gonna. They're they're not gonna like that person very much. Right. And now, the way for them to fix their reputation, if they, if for instance, you know, they're in a bad spot in life, or for whatever their reason is, uh, they don't go and they don't they don't make good and they don't go to arbitration. Then the way to fix their reputation rating would be to go and make good. Would be to go back to wherever it is that they screwed up, whoever it is they screwed over, and to come back and to uh, to attempt to repair their reputation by doing whatever it takes to make that person whole again. And then they could have a better uh, better reputation, and then more people would want uh, to deal with them. So uh, that's kind of a general answer to the question. I don't think we certainly haven't covered all of the uh, possibilities or interactions, but did that generally answer? What well, else did you want to focus b- before, on? But before you answer, I want to I make a caveat to the audience here is, you know, we're, we're talking about a world that w- maybe the uh, – that, that, you know, the state doesn't exist anymore. I don't know that that world is going to exist in my lifetime. And so, you know, to some extent, this is a fictional conversation about what the world will be like with spaceships and phasers and things like that. Yeah, that's true. We don't know exactly how it will all play out, but I think these are some legitimate and good ideas. Yeah, we have to we have to have an idea of what we're moving towards yes. if we want to move towards something like this. Right. And it'll... So I, I think it's a very important point to discuss. And it, you brought up some good points I hadn't even thought of. Uh, as far as this reputation agency. But, you know, in, in our current uh, environment, reputation uh, tends to be considered personal property. So you could sue somebody for uh, damaging your reputation. Well, in my view, you don't own your reputation. I agree with that. That's yep. nonsense. I think I consider that, that to be nonsense, and clearly that would have no place uh, here. Although if someone was somehow impugning your reputation uh, as far as they were filing false claims against you, then that would be fraud, and uh, you, you know then they would be at risk for having their reputation harmed as being dishonest. Exactly, exactly. Okay, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Okay. The, the, the other subtle aspects of that that you wanted to cover? Uh, I'm sorry, were you asking me? Yeah, well, here, here. How about this? i got a recommendation for you. Uh, go to book.freekeen.com. And there's a great book from the 1970s, actually. I think it was way ahead of its time. You talking time. about the market for liberty? Yes, sir. Have you read it? You know, that's actually how I found you guys. Oh, because I, I don't. I haven't read it. I got the. Uh, I do a lot of driving mm-hmm. in my job, and rather than listening to a bunch of crap on the radio, I like to listen to something that's worthwhile. Great. And I had been researching some things regarding liberty and found this book, The Market for Liberty, and I couldn't find a hard copy anywhere, but I found a place at uh, Free Keen that had a free download of an MP3, and I believe it It may have been your voice on that. Was that, that you? Is. I did read that book. Uh, now, so you've actually listened to the entire thing? Yes. 
Huh. Well, it's been a while. The ideas, if, yeah, listen again, because the ideas I just shared with you, I got all from that book. So, <laughs> it's certainly I not original on my part. About, uh, I remember something about, like, a reputation uh, Maybe they didn't get so. into detail. Take, take another listen, because it took me a couple reads to really kind of absorb it. More coming up. Thanks for the call, Ty. It's Free Talk Live. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is coming this July for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you just need to click and download. They are yours for free. Uh, Head on over to freetalklive.com. In fact, if you go into our podcast you can go all the way back to the beginning of 2009, get free archives at freetalklive.com. Now, perhaps you might own or know somebody who does, a company that's struggling to collect money from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic, not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect on these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiencies and the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. As we continue here, uh, taking your phone calls about what you want, let's talk to Bruce in Florida on the amp lines. Bruce, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey. I wanted to uh, tell a story about the uh, census, my census experiment or experience and uh, uh, give an idea of how I might handle it next time. Okay, sure. So my first original uh, intent was to ignore all the census uh, activity, you know, the email I threw it away and Eventually, later on last week, we had a visit from our census taker, and uh, my wife was here. I wasn't, and um, she she ignored the you know the knock on the door, which is what, what I you know was hoping she'd do. Mm-hmm. So um, the later on in the day, I was outside working on my car. It was after work, and uh, he came back and caught me. Gotcha. <laughs> and um, it wasn't as nice as I, I watched uh, Ian your uh, video on freaking and it, it didn't it didn't go bad but it wasn't quite as nice as yours uh the census taker was a little bit um disturbed and a little bit more rude about it than than uh, yours but were you were you problem. doing anything yeah, what, was, uh, what was happening that um you know what so what happened did you record it no i didn't no. record it okay. um but then it didn't happen uh, what happened it wasn't a big deal he just uh he was an older gentleman he came up and said you know we're trying to get the census taken I explained to him that I don't participate, and so he started with the why, and and I just told him I didn't have an obligation, and it, and then he said, well, you, uh, it's not a optional thing, and I said, well, it is an optional. <laughs> oh thing. yes, it is. Yeah, and and so he's like, you know, we kind of went back and forth a little bit, and you know, I was staying friendly, and then you know, I said, thanks, bye, and he left. Um, so that was the end of it. So I thought, hmm. but then uh, that was last 
earlier in the week, and then today he came by by again, and I guess he brought a supervisor. So Ooh. my wife thinks. So they're going to double team you. Yeah, but I wasn't home again, so she didn't answer again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess he went to the neighbor and was talking to them. But anyhow, so that's all I've heard since. <laughs> yeah, likely they got your information from your neighbor, and uh, you know they may be back or they may not, but uh, they probably have all the information that they're going to get. Uh, you know, yeah. already. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. I wonder when I will be, or if I will be seeing them again, because I certainly did not give them any information. However, I didn't talk to my neighbor. And, uh, and tell them anything about what they should or, or shouldn't say. Not that I can control them. I, I certainly can't. And not that they really know how many people live in my home either. So anything they would say would be speculation, but not that they really care about accuracy. Right. I uh, I had my first uh, run-in, I guess you could say, with the census guys today. I came home to find the uh, the note you know, uh, that they had come to visit because I hadn't filled it out. Uh, and then as I was leaving to come here to the show, I... I passed a car that I didn't recognize. Uh, there was a lady in it, and it looked like she had a, a piece of paper in her window that said something I caught in my eye. It looked like the Obama symbol, for one thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then it said something about, uh, uh, you know, United States uh, employee or some federal employee, something like that, and something about... But it looked like a census uh, I see. here. So, so uh, she was probably coming to see me just as I was leaving. So I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll see her this weekend. Well, I, I, the more people can uh, can do this, the better. I think it's a great time for, for folks to try out civil disobedience or non-cooperation. It's an easy way to do it. It's a very low-risk way to do it. I mean, were you nervous at all when you were uh, going about this? A little bit, but not a whole lot. You know, it's not really a huge deal to me. It's just kind of something I don't feel I'm obligated to do, so I didn't yeah. want to do it. That was it. I feel the same way, and I thank you, hey. uh, Bruce, for the the call hey. and the thoughts tonight. 800-259-9231. If they could show me my uh, obligation, some some sort of proof that I have an obligation to them, I'd be happy to go ahead and answer all of their questions. But I know they can't because I never signed any sort of uh, an agreement I did not sign a social contract, and I don't believe in that particular fantasy. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't feel any obligation to uh, participate in the census, nor do I feel any obligation not to participate in the census. I don't think my uh, liberty cred is on the line here. I don't think that there's no t- obligation not to. So I'm not sure what you mean by that. What right. what, what cred, Mark? <laughs> my cred's good. I work every day on a liberty program. Um, I just, you know, the, the some of I think that somebody who listens to the show might get the idea that in order to be a good liberty-loving individual, one would have to tell the census worker to take a hike, and I don't think that's necessarily true. It's an opportunity to try some that, civil disobedience and non, non-cooperation yeah. if that's what you want to do. However, it's not a litmus test or anything like that. No, but you could just you, as easily give all your information and you know tell them to be on their way. But if you value your privacy and you don't appreciate what the federal government stands for, then I think it makes sense to not participate. If you value your privacy, you could just as easily say, three people live here. Have a good day. Then you're giving up information about uh, what is going on in your household. So I think that if you if you don't like the federal government, and I do not because they are a violent organization, they hurt people, uh, they kill people around the world, they threaten people, they steal from people, they counterfeit, uh, and they're just generally a naughty, naughty uh, group of men and women. Uh, if you feel the same way, then I think participating uh, participating with them when you are not absolutely forced to by threat of uh, overt threat of violence, I think is uh, is completely unnecessary. Why would you want to? Well, I, that, that's not the that's not the question. Uh, what what's the, what's wrong with me doing that participating in the in the census? Well, the, what what would be wrong would be in for me 
what would be wrong for me would be for me to say, on one hand, I don't like the federal government and I'm not a part of it, and then on the other hand, participate with them. That I, would that would be, seem to be hip, uh, hypocritical. I I, I don't know. Um, you know. If they were to threaten me with a gun, then it would be another thing. Uh, but in this case, I don't believe they're going to be. Pulling if you just guns don't want out. the hassle of them sending you more letters and coming back or whatever, I mean, you know, I'm just saying that it's not that. That's big right, of a Mark. Deal. It's always easier to go along to get along, and that's why we are where we are because people just do whatever it is that they say because they don't want to be hassled. Well, <laughs> even even though in the long run they are hassled because they steal money from you and kill people. With your money, indeed. So, but the as I say, the, the filling out and participating in the census doesn't do anything for liberty. It doesn't not do anything for liberty. That's all. Well, I don't know about that. I'm not going to make a statement about that. But I think that for somebody's uh, personal wellness, I think for somebody's personal consistency and their at, vision of themselves, as I, a matter of conscience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think from the, from from your perspective about who you are and who uh, you intend to be and what you stand for and what you believe in to violate those beliefs for something as piddly as uh, as the census, I think is kind of sad. Hey, I just I think that you can be just as uh, liberty minded by telling them twenty four Eskimos live at this house. <laughs> well, then you're engaging in fraud. 800-259-9231. I'm not in any obligation or agreement with this person. Look, if, if, if they That's make some kind of contention, I think lying is fraud. Lying is not fraud. If I tell you my hair is blue and you don't believe me, then that's... That. All right, well, whatever. More coming up. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got our webcam there, and it is looking good. We've got some new lighting up in the studio, and it's still free, so head on over to cam.freetalklive.com. It's actually a great way to listen to the show. Yeah, it's the, also a, a new angle, so we don't see the back of your head uh, that's right. for three hours. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, you can actually see all of the hosts in the studio, our little uh, porcupine don't tread on me flag in the background, and uh, there's Luther waving. So cam free, uh, got, excuse me, cam.freetalklive.com. There's also a chat room built in the very same page, so you, not only do you get to watch and listen, but you can interact with with other Free Talk Live listeners, and it costs you all of zero dollars because it's free at uh, cam.freetalklive.com. However, it is brought to you by memorydealers.com. Yeah, memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacs, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off of list price memory dealers is your trusted source for all of your networking and telecom accessory needs they're in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery MemoryDealers.com. let's continue taking your phone calls andrew is with us in south carolina on the amp lines uh, andrew you're on free talk live 
Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. What's on your mind tonight? So, um, yeah, well, uh, I just heard uh, Gene the Anarchist, I believe his name is, calling about the welfare problem and about how, um, you know, one of the reasons why people aren't uh, motivated to work is because, you know, kind of like the, the whole animal thing, like if you're given food, what incentive do you have? Well, um, I don't know if, uh, Mark, I sent you an email about this, about um, the about Jeffrey uh, Dick Stein's uh, talk on the 16th Amendment. And basically, um, you know, according to the Constitution, there's, sh- there's not supposed to be any direct tax laid on citizens. Like, clear-cut, plain and simple, there's no direct tax whatsoever that is, um, unless it's a portion, which it's, like, impossible for that to happen, and that's a legal term, but essentially it's completely illegal for the federal government to tax citizens that way. And... Um, in 1894, the federal government levied a tax. In 1895, it was ruled absolutely unconstitutional and completely repealed. Well, in 1909, um, William Taft was the president, and um, the federal government was having trouble paying its bills. And just like all of us would have to cut back on our expenses and just you know, become lean and mean to get the job done, they said, well, forget that. We're just going to sit here and grow and whatever. But... Um, Jeffrey points out, and you can steal this at uh, cc2009.us. Um, that CC is for the Continental Congress 2009. It's an amazing talk. And uh, basically, he goes, he goes on to say that, you know, um, and he pulls out the Senate record. Like, this is verbatim what William Taft said to people. That um, he basically, I'm paraphrasing here. He said that, um, hey, guys, you know, according to... Um, this one court case, I don't remember the exact one. I think it was um, the railroad one came afterwards. But uh, anyway, Pollock versus something, I think. Um, he said that the, that we went to levy an income tax, but then the, the uh, Supreme Court ruled it unconstitutional because it's a direct tax. So here's what we need to do. We need to pass the 16th Amendment so that says that we can levy direct taxes, and that way when we pass this next – um, income tax bill through, though the Supreme Court has no decision but to judge laws based upon the Constitution, and they will have no choice but to rule in our favor. Okay. And so they passed the 16th Amendment, and at that point, that's when we started levying income taxes against people. And then in 1933, they passed the New Deal and got FICA through and all that. So my welfare solution is to repeal the freaking 16th Amendment. Wow, how are you going to do that? Altogether and allow people to keep their hard-earned money that they great idea. for and give them their money back. I love the idea. That's how are you going to accomplish program. it? Yeah, I mean, um, repealing an amendment hey, well, is the same as, as, you know, passing an amendment. So you need, what, three-quarters okay, well, of the Jeffrey state? Brings up, or, uh, Jeffrey Dickstein brings up a really good point that when you consider... Um, you know, you have to ask the question, was this ever ratified in the first place by three-fourths of the House? And what he goes on to show is that, um, indeed, 36 states did ratify it, but because of bicameralism and the idea that both bills have to be exactly the same to the letter. Sure, sure. There's a lot of interesting – right, right. there's well, a lot of stuff out there. Actually went to, well, hang on a second, well, Andrew. Actually, there's, there's, a lot of, sure, sure. there's a lot of information out there about how the 16th Amendment is illegitimate, etc. But try convincing one of the robed men that. Okay, well, in the first place, if it wasn't ratified, which he goes on to show that he went and got approved, sealed, signed, and delivered 
um, documents from all 50 states, and four of them show that they made alterations when they signed it. So theoretically, four of them were annulled, which means three-fourths of the House are not able, you know, it wasn't enough of a vote in the first place. It should have been completely null. Yeah, and, uh, theoretically, so but realistically. And then... Well, you know what? We can sit here and have a defeatist attitude, but I'll tell you this. Defeatist? In April this I'm year, just being realistic. Second, and Sure. Well, here's the thing. You know, in April, I think they got – I mean, he's been going back and forth to the Supreme Court. Now he's in the Seventh um, Circuit Court of Appeals. And what he said is um, – and he just gives an example of a different case. But he said, you know, we, this is so important. And we were in the Supreme Court. And when we turned around and looked in the courtroom – there were 40 people sitting there, not 100, not 100,000, not a million. He said, nobody's come out here to pack the house for this type of stuff. And I think that if we just got behind a guy like this, I think this is one of the best ways you could possibly fight. Is so who is this guy? Through the court system. Jeffrey Dickstein. Dickstein. Jeffrey Dickstein. Did we meet this? Did we meet this? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was at Liberty Forum. He came out to the Liberty Liberty Forum. Forum. This guy's awesome. Yeah, I did. I did get a chance to meet with him, and uh, he was a very nice guy. And I I didn't realize that's what he was doing uh, with his time. And I think that's that's great. And and good luck to him. So he's basically trying to get the courts to overturn overturn the Sixteenth Amendment. Absolutely. And you know what? And he tells you in that video, please go there and check it out. I mean, it's kind of long, but where is it? And what he says is that, you know, here's exactly what we want. And he says it exactly. I don't have his exact words, but he says, what you need to write your congressman and say this is what we want. And I think if enough people did that and if enough people... Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I don't think so. But, uh, you know, I wish you the best of luck and let us know how it goes, will you? Yeah, absolutely. All right, man. Thanks for the call tonight. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't mean to sound defeatist on this one, but people have tried writing their congressmen about a, m- a number of things, and they don't really care what you think. Absolutely. You know, it's. I think it's a waste of time. I don't care if I am defeatist about it. I'm just trying to be realistic. It can be technically an illegitimate amendment to the Constitution, all it wants to be, but the men with guns will still come to my house and rob my person and my property if I don't pay them. Well, I think that if you have a uh, lawyer skilled enough uh, as uh, Mr. Dickstein is, uh, you know, prosecuting the case in court, like that's an entirely different story. Writing your Congress critter, I, I agree, is, is a largely um, ineffective act. I, I still do it now and then, um, you know, probably actually more than once a week. I, I'm sure I do it. Yeah. But um, you I, don't. I you, also... You, you use downsized DC, you mean? That, that's the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I do it through well, them. I also feel that the argument, if we would all just blah, 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 is pretty pointless because, well, if we all just, you know, loved me, Luther, then the world would be a marvelous Who place. Who doesn't? Uh, uh, some people don't. Well, some if we all. Some ex-girlfriends. Right. Well, I agree <laughs> with you that if we all did X, well, yeah, that would be great if we all would do whatever it is that it, but we, we don't want to do X. Right. And, and even within the liberty movement, there are uh, significant disagreements as to how to approach different things. And we just talked in a, to quite an extent last night about the Topless Tuesdays and all the controversy just within our own movement uh, about that event. Uh, sorry, I don't have any uh, faith or belief that the federal government is in, in any way going to respond in a pro-liberty fashion to the idea of uh, abolishing the income tax. I don't care how many people call. We've seen that when even when supermajorities of people are calling these Congress people, they don't care. Take a look at the bailouts. There yeah, were the health care. The healthcare thing, right? You you can go down this list of uh, different things that people have called and called and called and called and written and you know come into the office and spoken to them and you know done all these things and they just go about doing whatever it is they want to do. So maybe Dickstein will be able to uh, to win this in front of the robed men, and if so, great, yeah, I'll send him some money. <laughs> I'll send him some money if he can actually overturn the Sixteenth Amendment.
But uh, I'm not going to keep my fingers crossed on it. There's more coming up. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You enjoy all the features there. They're free, so take it, enjoy, freetalklive.com. But if you want to support the show, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the program, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more Internet listeners on board with the show, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. So if that's valuable to you, if that's worth three bucks a month, if it's worth three bucks a month for for the idea of getting freedom-oriented ideas into more ears that have never heard them around the world, then head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll actually get perks, too, like the uh, amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only forum uh, podcast, and more. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. We would appreciate it. That's amp. FreeTalkLive.com. As we go to David in New Hampshire, David, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, I was going to um, speak on about Topless Tuesday. Yeah, this is an event that is happening here now on a weekly basis. It's happened the past couple weeks here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we base this program. The folks are going down to the uh, center of town uh, during the 420 celebrations. Apparently, it started early this week, though, uh, and I guess some middle school kids came by and saw some boobies, uh, but and that upset some people. But the Topless Tuesdays are intended to continue as long as it's warm here in New Hampshire. So as far as I can tell, they're just getting started. And the controversy is also uh, starting to heat up as well with a newspaper article published this week. I did go ahead and uh, post that last night at freekeen.com. So if you haven't taken a look at it yet, it is there. Also, a picture of the topless folks on Tuesday is there as well. And people were asking, well, why is it edited? Well, it was sent to me like that. It was sent to me like that. I did not edit that picture. That's the only... Yeah, it's the only uh, one even, that... Uh, even the men's nipples were uh, censored. I thought that was kind of funny, that all the nipples were censored. <laughs> and I, th- I figure if it's going to be censored, you might as well be uh, be fair about it. So, David, your thoughts on it? I was just... I'm 100% behind it. Now, wait a minute. Are I'll you a New Hampshire that. native? Huh? Are you a New Hampshire native? No. Where are you from? I've been here for about... Um, actually, it's, I'm almost becoming a native because it's like 15 years or something. 15 years. But so you I are came pre- from New I came from Boston. So you are pre-free state project. You uh, you did not move Pretty here. Much, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right. I guess so so because because if you read the comments on the newspaper article about Topless Tuesdays, they they it's the usual vitriolic, uh, angry, mean people that want to come in and make it uh, make it sound like everybody hates uh, the liberty activists. And in fact, in point of fact, the uh, ladies that were bearing their breasts are not uh, liberty activists. Um, it, one are of them they is nice looking. One of them is connected to us. Is I guess connect- that's subjective. One of them kind of hangs out with us, and she was arrested recently with All us. All of them were hanging out that, that day. But yeah, well, right, right. But uh, but but when I say with us, I, the the primary element in this topless event is not liberty activists. Uh, there were a couple of liberty activists that were in that photo, but they were both men. And uh, so the majority of the people that are participating in both the 420 celebrations, in fact, the super majority of the people, I would say well over 75 percent of the people participating. And Luther, you've been out at the 420s recently. You would agree, right? I mean, there's, yeah. it's, it's a super majority, just average folks, keen townies, people that have lived here their whole lives, 
uh, and they are not necessarily the uh, the uh, the implants, if you will, from the Free State Project. So it's good to hear from somebody else that's around here, uh, David, that uh, that has an appreciation for this. Why do you why do you support it? Um, basically, I like the less clothes on a girl, the better. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how about uh, equality? How about that uh, men, men and women should both be able to walk around without their tops? Well, that too, yeah. In in Vermont, I mean, they have, like, naked people walking around in Bradaval sometimes. So That's true. Didn't they ban that, though? Or, or, for one season. Oh, then it expired, the ban did? Yeah. I see. Oh, it did? Yeah, they, yeah, they have marches in Maine. Uh, I know Portland and Farmington have done it. Full nude, you mean? Uh, no, just topless. I women. see. In Brattleboro, no, it's full nude. Oh, well, what am I doing in Keene? <laughs> I, I don't know that it's that great. I mean, it's not like the hot girls are running yeah, around I naked. I mean, you know. So anything else you want to share tonight, David? Um, just I just want to express myself, I think myself, it's cool, Mark. and I like what you guys do, and thanks. Thanks, David. Glad you're out there. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, I want to read a poem. Uh, I just pulled this up here. Since we're talking about Topless Tuesdays, it's a perfect excuse to read this. Uh, this is one of the posts on the the story of the local newspaper here about Topless Tuesdays, one of the angry, uh, and I, I and might you, point out also anonymous posters. All of the people that are vitriolic and hateful and uh, angry towards the liberty activists around here, they always post anonymously. Yeah, they. well, that's because it's it, it's fewer of them than they'd like to say, mm. and they use, uh, and, and this way it makes them look like more, and um, it, it, people would know who they are, and the fact is, it, this, it's my it's my firm belief that the vast majority of them are just Democratic Party activists who realize that a smaller government plays more into the the hands of the Republicans on a, on a state level than it does to the Democrats, and they they see their their power being shaken by activists coming in and and being active in the community. Well, you know what's interesting is that uh, on one hand, you mentioned I'll get to the poem in a moment, but you mentioned the Democratic activists uh, just this week, a couple of. Free staters attempted to at- attend a Democratic Party meeting here in Keene. One of whom is actually registered as a Democrat. At right? least one. I don't know if both of them are not. I don't get, have the details. And I don't have a lot of the detail on what transpired. But they attempted to at- attend this meeting, which was supposedly open to all registered Democrats. And they were kicked out when they arrived because, for whatever reason, they knew that they were free staters. And they were booted out of the meeting explicitly because of this. Now, I find this particularly interesting because uh, on one hand, when this sort of outside the system activism stuff happens, the 420 celebrations, the topless, whatever it is that we're doing that's not necessarily working within the system, the big uh, complaint from people is – you guys need to work within the system. Why don't you just go and contact your representatives? Run for office. You need to run for office, work within the system, and we hear it yeah. over and over again. So what happens? <laughs> Andrew Carroll, who's going to run for office this year as a Democrat, now he's going to also be an anarchist as well at the same time, but uh, he's running for office, going to going to run a political campaign, work within the system. He shows up to participate in the system because... The political parties are part of the system. Inherently, working within a political party is required in order to work within the system. So he shows up and his friends show up uh, show up to this Democratic Party meeting and they're kicked out because they're free staters. So you can't have it both ways. Do you want the free staters to work within the system? If so, then you need to allow them to come in and work within the system. Or do you not want that? Because they They're sending mixed messages here. They, whatever it is, whatever it is that we do, they don't want it. Really, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, well, and I'm not surprised it coming from the Democratic Party. 
There well, are, who knows what the Republicans would do? There I don't are know free staters. There are. Well, I can tell you, I've been to Republican meetings uh, in town, and it's never been a problem. Okay. Um, you know, one of them uh, was uh, they they brought in some sheriff who was big on uh, kicking out illegal aliens, and I definitely expressed my opinion on Good that. Good for you. But um, there are Democ- the free staters that are. As a matter of fact, one that's elected as a Democrat and one that's running as a Democrat. So free staters can make it into the Democratic Party and other places in the state. It's just not here. Well, right, but because they didn't know, probably. They may not have known. They knew, apparently, who these guys were. I think that eh, it has more to do with the the, the level of activism that goes on. in the. There is a lot more that goes on out here. That much is for sure. Okay, so here's the poem that was written by one of the uh, anti-liberty activist people. I just wanted to share it with you. Now they'll take it off, it seems, referencing the Topless Tuesdays. It's only just halfway. A new protest, another outrage, each and every day. Free staters want an easy ride, but resistance just grows stronger. Do you guys do you move here because you wanted an easy ride? You Absolutely not. Responsibility be, comes with freedom. This would be a cakewalk, though, is what you thought when you, you came here, right? Absolutely no. not. Well, free, they, they want to paint free staters as people wanting something for free. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, a free lunch project. Yeah, but res- that, that's that's the Democratic Party. <laughs> but resistance just grows stronger, and before too long, the people here just won't take it any longer. And what are they going to do? People will only stand so much, and then it has to end. Before too long, they'll stand against those ones who would offend. Outrage will grow. Laws will change because of the disdain. And we'll not follow them. And those who would upset this town might find themselves restrained. I asked, uh, how does one upset a town exactly? Legal fiction. Can they get upset? Do they have feelings? You know, I think that to to what this person's saying, there's there's likely some truth. Because if you look at these historical examples, and I've been kind of interested in this, is what... What will happen is that people will become radicalized on both sides. Mm, yeah. Some people will say, this is an outrage and it must stop. Some people but will say, this is great. Other people will say, you're outrageous and you've got to stop. Yeah, and that's what happens when you take a position that is going to polarize people and it's inevitable. Two more stanzas here, or paragraphs. They may, they may then learn to show respect to those they live beside. And if they don't, they just might want... To find a place to hide. It's an veiled threat. Because if it goes on the way it has, outcasts they will be, pushed away, despised and shunned by their community. Hey, I respect my neighbors and they they love me. We're, we have a good relationship going on. I don't know who this person's talking to. I've been to lots of businesses, told them that I'm a Free State Project member. None of them have ever even considered turning my my money away. It's absolutely ludicrous, this old cranky yeah. person. And they're, yeah. they're We're back I'm tomorrow night. In the community. Free, freetalklive.com. See you then. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keen. Keen is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, newsprint, and more all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, the busiest Liberty Forum in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.